Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. We have a panelist, Adelina Marshall. I always love to speak to her. She uh, is a wealth of knowledge and a great, great VA mental health RN. And today's discussion is going to be about the federal speech rulings may embolden healthcare workers to call out safety issues. And uh, how, how are you doing, Adelina? I'm I'm good. Thank you very much, and thank you for asking. And also, oh, thanks for allowing us this opportunity. Oh yes, because you know you you've always been you know uh, talking about this. I, I think the last time you were talking about this was kind of a side issue. Was the uh, the nurses' ability to call out these safety issues uh, with the COVID patients and the number of patients they were seeing? And yeah, I know the nurses, uh, the VA system, are some of the best in the world and they really try to protect our veterans and help them. So what is this whole thing now? What is this uh, federal speech rulings, and how does this um, change the the locus on that and, you know, and really give them more of a voice? Well, um, with this administration, they're uh, trying to do everything to be transparent and to allow federal employees to speak out and bring things forward that we have concerns about. Within the VA, uh, NNU has had that in our contract, and we have a form what we can, what we call the ADO. However, many of our uh, members and other staff who works in the VA are guarded about saying anything uh, related to some of the programs, how maybe it could be improved, how... Um, staffing issues, which right now we're having a lot of staffing issues uh, in our mental health. Mm-hmm. So before that, um, they were fearful. But with this new Whistleblower Act, which I'm proud to say they have mandatory classes, even though we've had to take it, they're remaking it and updating it, and now we have three of them. Uh, classes that we have to take that will help educate the staff on their rights to speak up for the delivery of care regarding our veterans. And I think um, it's a good thing. is is mm. the best thing that can happen because when we see something, they're encouraging us to say something. Oh. And uh, with education and knowing that the government is behind them, I think more of the staff will now feel freer to to say something. So even though we've had that in the contract and then you have had tried to protect our veterans by having that in the contract where the nurses would be able to speak up, again, some of them were still very, very fearful. Oh, sure. Yes, yes. Because they're fe- fearful for retaliation, and even if you have an anti-retaliation clause, sometimes you still are fearful, right? Right. They're fearful because uh, one of the problems is that the proficiency um, is controlled by 
those that we may have to report to. So, right. sure. yeah. so that impacts um, also um, their fear because it may prevent them from getting a promotion, um, mm-hmm. changing a position laterally, um, being accepted at another VA if they wanted to transfer. So they're afraid of being labeled. But that's where the union comes in, because if they report to me or to any of our uh, union reps throughout 23 VAs, then we can also um, report that up, so to say. But there are still a lot of situations where may, that might have been brought forward that management was slow to respond. So I think this law will also add a little bit more motivation for them to respond to the concerns that we feel may affect the delivery of care of our veterans. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, one thing you were talking about before was also the staffing ratios. That there were some, you know, some issues with that, and you know, the nurses were working uh, way beyond the hours they should be, and sometimes having to stay you know, to take care of veterans uh, beyond their hours, just out of the kindness of their heart, you know, to, to make sure that the veterans are uh, okay and uh, doing well. And that, that's something that I think that, um, you know, uh, it's really important uh, to make sure that the quality of care is there. Uh, we have, you know, a lot of veterans' homes, and, you know, we, you know especially with during the COVID, we've seen a lot of uh, situations where some veterans had died in, uh, you know, nursing home situations. And uh, right. we, we, need, we, we need to uh, make sure that they're protected. Well, the, the VA, um, one of their uh, big programs in PUSH right now is for the care of our mental health patients. Mm-hmm. Many of them come in with multiple comorbidities that mean other medical um, concerns that need to be addressed while they're there. Mm-hmm. So one of them... Uh, is prostate cancer, mm-hmm. um, other things that they come in with. When we are short staff, it's hard for us to be able to address all of that. And right now, at the VA, um, some of our VAs are very short staff in mental health. And that was a priority at one time. But our census is, 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 has been down because of COVID. And some of those programs have limited space for the patients who normally we would see. Mm-hmm. However, it's still very important to have certain staffing levels um, because our patients come in. Some of them have high suicide uh, ideation mm-hmm. that we have to monitor, uh, paperwork. Uh, we have to spend one-to-one. I, I had a patient recently that I had to sit with for almost an hour so that I can help to alleviate the anxiety that they were experiencing Mm -hmm. during that time and wanting to leave the program. We want to spend that time and encourage them to stay in those programs because we know the outcome uh, for our veterans is very good. As a private health care, somebody in health care, they won't get that care. It, It is very, very expensive. But the VA provides that for our veterans, and they have wonderful, wonderful programs for our veterans. However, they need the appropriate staffing 
Yes. And mm-hmm. they're, right now, we're having problems uh, again with staffing. And when we try to bring this to their attention, the pushback is that, well, your census is down. But we cannot be doing all the delivery of the care that we need to do if I don't have the licensed personnel. So some of the staffing is not appropriate for that. Some of the staffing is is not licensed personnel. So they're limited as to what they can do. Their training is limited. I would encourage the VA to increase their training uh, for, for mental health and to get mental health um, techs versus just normal you know, health techs because they don't have the appropriate training. So we need more MPs to handle the health care issues that are coming in. But we have many MPs there who are not converted over to NPs because there's, the positions aren't there. They haven't created the positions to bring them in. And these personnel and nurses are already trained. They're already trained. They know our veterans. They know the computer system. So we don't understand why they won't open up those positions to bring them in because we need them. Wow. Our veterans need them. Yeah. Yeah, so... <clears throat> So do you think this, because it's on a federal level, um, and I know that the VA system works within the federal, um, you know, program uh, system, but do, do you see this as, uh, you know, with this transparency and these rulings, do you see them, you know, potentially uh, pushing towards even greater rulings about some of the things that you're talking about? Because, if, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I do believe with the administration that we have now that that they will that they will stop and, and hear us. Uh, we have programs now for um, diversity in health care and, and how to manage that. As they're hiring, they need to hire more of the staff that looks like the patient population that we serve mm-hmm. in those areas. Yeah. And we need to do more education for our veterans so that they can demand the care and the staffing that they need. When I tell our veterans, when you come in, you should ask, do you have enough staff to provide me with the the care I need? You know, housekeeping, food service, all of those are greatly um, great shortages in those areas. And I would encourage our veterans who may be unemployed to apply at the VA and other government facilities because you they know our veterans better than anybody. And we encourage them. We have a lot of nurses who are veterans, and we have NPs who are veterans. So we have job positions. We need our veterans to come and apply um, for those positions. Oh, that is really important, you know, because uh, we dedicated these shows actually to, you know, uh, Keith Cooper, who uh, was killed. He was 73 years old, a, you know, two-tour t- two Vietnam two veteran. Tour. Yeah. Two-tour. And, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, the mental health side of it, I was just thinking, you know, uh, it affected me deeply. It felt like a knife going through my heart. And yeah. uh, any veteran who's lost, uh, you know, uh, their battle buddies and all that go through the same thing. So there, there's actually a mm-hmm. heightened need for mental health other than just the COVID issues. 
uh, and even right. COVID is making people, you're, you're living in a family structure, so you, you feel all the pressure from other people who are going through their mental health issues as well. And then you mm-hmm. look at the 30,000 veterans who are returning from Afghanistan. We need to be prepared for this, right? We do. We do. We see them coming in now. Um, our biggest population group at uh, one time was the Vietnam veterans, but the new vets that are uh, coming in are younger. I just recently um, had some vets in their mid-30s. And so the programs need to change so that we're reaching them. The language has changed. The languages they use, the music that they use to calm themselves, we need education on that. We need education on some of the things that they went through over in Afghanistan and, you know, right. other areas in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of growth that we need to do because it cannot be business as usual. No, it cannot. That's very, very so, clear. You know, and, 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 right. you know and, and to the point you were making earlier, right, is that mm-hmm. – um, you know, the administration, the current administration, thank goodness we're in a new world right now. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know where we were in outer space before and some other alien planet <laughs> from the prior well, things that we were going through. Some of the shortages are due to that with, you know, cutbacks and yeah. they talk about the, the veterans. But uh, in the reality of things, um, that wasn't happening. Right. So I'm very um, hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that this administration understands very clearly the need, and NNU has a voice, and we will make sure that voice is heard, as our obligation is to our veterans. Yes. That is part of our our union. We're advocates for our veterans. Mm-hmm. And so we will make sure that this administration Here's us, and here's the needs of the veterans that are coming in. Now, they they are um, increasing being able to provide uh, electronic, uh, maybe uh, iPads and things like that to our veterans so that they can uh, do groups, Zoom groups and everything. And they are doing that, but we still have a big need that um, that is very apparent so that we can meet the needs of the newer vets that are coming into uh, our system. Yeah, and, uh, you know, also, you know, one of the other issues that we were uh, discussing with another group earlier is that um, the eviction and foreclosure, you know, prevention uh, protections are going to evaporate at the end of July. So there doesn't seem to be a will or anything to, 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 uh, you know, renew those protections. And so that actually can put another pressure, you know, because that mental health things that you go through if you're evicted or become homeless are just absolutely off the charts, right? And Yes, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, but the VA does um, provide housing. We, we get many of our vets that mm-hmm. come in. Um, just recently we have someone who came from another state to seek care here. And the first thing that we look at is trying to make sure that once they're discharged, they have housing. The other thing is, um, we'll go back to the vet that was uh, just recently killed in in the High Park area. Mm -hmm. I've always um, thought that anyone who harms a vet 
if they are um, prosecuted for harming a vet in any kind of way, that sentence should have an additional um, sentence. Ten a years time or more. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because yes. our our veterans, mm-hmm. we are all here because of them. We're able to have this show because of them. Yes. And the the country needs to be dedicated to making them safe. Yes. Uh, we need to have programs in school about what they've done and how special a veteran is to our country, and how we should be holding them in esteem, and preventing harm to them no matter what their mental status is or what their station in life may be they have still provided for us to have the freedoms that we all enjoy and just past uh you know fourth of july just passed that's a hard time for our veterans Mm -hmm. i had a veteran wanting to wear a cap um in memory of uh his friends who was with him in vietnam and I, he's another one. Without having staff, I would not have been able to sit there with him mm-hmm. and talk about the um, concerns and what he was feeling that day. He was, he was very affected. And we can hear mm-hmm. the firework going off in the units where I'm on, and those tend to trigger them. Yes. The 4th of July is a very hard time for many of our veterans. Mm-hmm. All of us are celebrating our freedoms, but they're the ones that supported us having this. So on you know on occasion, I, you know what I, I have do? asked to increase staffing during that time in the emergency rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yes, because you know what I do is I, you know, I, I on the Fourth of July I put my earplugs in and I go to sleep early and I'll tape, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the fireworks on on a, on the television. But then I, I watch it without the sound, you know, <laughs> to see the fire, you know, the, 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 the things. But but even that, yeah. it is uh, it's not a comfortable thing to go through for us. So not yeah. Yeah. the area that our hospital is located in. We hear the fireworks from other close communities, not just from Chicago, mm-hmm. but other communities, and you can see it, and it's very um, disturbing for many many of our veterans. And that is a day. That while we're out celebrating, we need to keep in mind that many of our veterans are also suffering on that day yes. and yeah. do what we can to make that day a little easier for them. So if people want to get, you know, find out more information about the mental health services, what, what number can they call and can they go to a website? So they can go to the website. The VA has uh, several Websites and they can just Google. I mean, it's very easy okay. to get all the information you need. Mm-hmm. Or you can come in. You can even now with COVID, they can still come. They can uh, make appointments to come mm-hmm. in and and um, talk to someone. And we're we're open twenty four seven. Our vets are always welcome there. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we want you to come there. And so it's, it's available, uh, our location, we have, actually, we're fortunate in Chicago, we have Heinz and we have Jesse Brown, mm-hmm. we have clinics at Lakeside, and also North Chicago. So we're very fortunate to have these VAs in, in the community. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, uh, Adelina uh, Marshall, the VA Mental Health RN extraordinaire. You do so much for our veterans. I, I'm so proud of what you do, and thank you. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, it's now, my pardon. pleasure, my honor to 
to be there to care for them. And our partner, National Nurses United, is uh, extraordinary. And, you know, as you, as Adelina was mentioning, you know, we were talking about uh, for a second about uh, Keith Cooper, who is 73 years old. He is a two-tour duty uh, Vietnam veteran who was uh, murdered in uh, High Park on 53rd Street. It's actually about a block and a half from where I live. Um, and I was individual last night, but he is, um, he was an, uh, Inglewood 5k marathoner, a star, star Trek sci-fi fan. Uh, he was a bowling enthusiast with the Burr Oak, um, bowl, um, on Alston and also loved his grandchildren dearly. And I heard he had some special locations like Culver's and cinnamon toast that he used to love to go to. I actually uh, met him a few times uh, just walking through Hyde Park, and uh, I looked at his license plate one time, and I said, I love your license plate. And he said, really? He said, great. And I said, because it's military, but there's one thing wrong. He said, what? I said, it says Marine. I'm an Army person. So he started laughing, and we we would talk uh, once in a while, you know, a joke uh, as we were walking down the street. Uh, But uh, his uh, service is going to be Augustana Lutheran Church, 5500 South Woodlawn, Hyde Park, Saturday, July 24th from 2 to 5 p.m. From 2 to 2.30, there will be a a service. And after that, there will be a remembrance of his incredible life and service to this nation. He was a Vietnam veteran. He should never have died that way. None of our veterans should be threatened, as Adelina was saying, in this country. We were overseas fighting. We should not have domestic enemies trying to kill us here. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.